Welcome in, Iowa Hawkeye fans, to another week of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. Uh, we got a whole full, full cast this week, Austin, Joey, Sam. Guys, basketball season's right around the corner. That's a positive note. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's uh, 19 days, 36 minutes, 27 seconds till our first game. Woo! So, yeah, I against think. Lindsay Wilson College, exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! That sounds like the surest fire W that I've ever heard. Uh, hold we up. have been known to lose exhibitions, actually. Yeah, we lost to Augustana like three years ago. So, and we it was were, more than but. No, it wasn't that. It was it was Jared Utah's last year, so maybe four then. But yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, Pretty sure we were in the top like five at one point that year. So yeah, we got up to That's number true. three, and then we uh, sucked a big one. And the boat, thank God, Woodbury caught a. Awesome Ali pass to put us on top in that one. Hey, you mean we're here the to talk, yeah. Hey, we're here to talk about Iowa football sucking right now, not Iowa basketball sucking right now. All right. That can be a conversation we have a couple months down the road, but it's right. football time right now. Okay. Actually, we could talk a little basketball because they did have like their media day and stuff. Yeah, we'll talk a little basketball, but we'll, let's hit football first. So we're going to cover the Iowa game against Penn State. Uh, we're going to go confidence meter on Stanley, Brian Ferentz, and the offensive line. A uh, ton of recruits there on Saturday night. Did that performance turn off uh, some of the poten- potential recruits we had? And are we st- staring down an 8-4 and four season? But we'll just get your guys' thoughts on the game here right away. Uh, start with Austin. Uh, dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe it. Um, it was... The exact same thing. It was it was a little bit better than the previous week at Michigan, but we lost because of all the same reasons. Our interior offensive line play was absolute garbage. We could not run the ball to save our lives. Stanley missed some passes that he should have made. The play calling was not very good. Um, and when we got into scoring opportunities, we either kicked field goals or didn't score at all, and we missed opportunities. And when you put all that together, it results in Iowa losing to a ranked opponent for the second week in a row in a game that they could have won. It's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I saw something. Iowa, since Brian Ferentz has taken over, is 2-6 and six in those games. And uh, take out the Ohio State score where we put up 50 points. We've uh, underwhelmed extremely on offense. Like, we have struggled so much against those good teams. The only other game we've scored above 15 points, I think it was, was Mississippi State in the bowl game last year. So, yeah. Brian Ferentz, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't know. And I saw that Kirk doesn't – well, Joey, didn't you say that you uh, you saw him walk by – at the hospital earlier this week, and he said something along the lines of wasn't calling that cost the game. It was, like, poor execution or something along those lines. No, I didn't see Kirk. I saw Brian. Yeah. I was talking about Brian. Oh, no. Why? I did not. <laughs> it's not worth it at this point. All right, Sam, what are your thoughts here? You know, I don't. It was such a letdown. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just like I knew we were gonna lose when Penn State scored the first touchdown. I was like, "This one's over. We can't do anything. Move the ball a little bit, and then same thing happened in Michigan. We could move the ball, and then we just 
stalled off a stupid play call. One that comes to mind would be the uh, <laughs> Nate Stanley audible into a blitz, <laughs> which I think the tra- this the can't talk. The strategy there would be, yeah, if we if we can get by this, he's gone. But like I think that was the idea. You, if you because you can if you run if you run into a blitz and you get past it, there's nobody back there. Well, if you run into a blitz and you literally run into a blitz, not great. Yeah. And, and another thing, a little mid uh, or pre or early rant here about audible. I've never seen us audible and then throw the ball. Never. Now, if I'm a defensive coordinator and I see Nate Stanley up in the line audibling, I'm putting all 11 guys in the box, even if we're four wide. But, like Seriously, I've never seen a pass out of that. Yeah, you're right. Every time we audible, it's usually a run to the short side of the field. However, on that blitz play, we did audible to the wide side of the field. So there that we was, go. That was a change. Yeah, we're seeing something in the right direction here. <laughs> but, I like, the offense was – I don't even know what to say about the offense. It's like the offensive line is bad. The interior line is horrible. The play calling was horrible. I'm the biggest. I've been the biggest Nate Stanley apologist there has been since he took over at quarterback for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And he is slipping. Like he is like every quarterback Ferentz has had. There's been a senior slump, which doesn't make any sense at all. Like it's, you should only be getting better. It is the exact opposite with every quarterback that has came through Iowa in the last 20 years it's absolutely absolutely unreal like Stanley looked extremely uncomfortable out there the other night uh the running backs fumbling again deep in our own territory to set up free points for the other team out that that's on Brian Ferentz like or in the line that play call was yeah. atrocious. Oh, yeah. Goodson I mean, got the ball and immediately got mauled by seven guys. I wasn't mad at Goodson at all on that. Like that was just terrible play call. Yeah, yeah he never, he never had time to secure the ball, and he was hit because two. I, it was the guard and a tackle pulled on that play, but they didn't communicate, so they both both blocked the same guy. So somebody came through free right through the like. I don't know, through the A-gap and just absolutely crushed Goodson before he ever had a chance to do anything on that play. How did that touchdown get overturned? Did they have another angle of that? Because that was for sure a touchdown. Yeah, from what I could tell, that was a touchdown for sure. And then we ended up holding them to a field goal on that, which would have been a significant play in the game had our offense not sucked so bad. But yeah, (laughs) from, from the angles that they had on replay in the stadium, it looked like a touchdown for sure. Yeah, and... I don't know. I, like, yeah, it was tough on Goodson right there, but <clears throat> I mean, he saw him coming. You you it's, shouldn't try to make something happen in that situation. Just hold on. He wasn't trying. He literally didn't even happen. He literally like was just getting the ball, and he was just trying to like run, like to just do the play after the handoff, and he got hammered. Like yeah. he wasn't trying to make something happen. It just it was like the Jadavion Clowney hit where the handoff happened, and then. Boom, he was there before anybody could bang, do anything. Bang, yeah. Do you guys think we'll see changes on the interior line here? I mean, Jackson and Wirfs aren't going anywhere. but Hopefully, Justin Britt's not got a red shirt, apparently, so you might as well throw him to the Wolves and see what we got. I don't know. The thing is, I think part of the problem with our interior line play is we've swapped in and out so many people throughout the year that there hasn't been like enough playing time for anybody to get consistent t- 
time and like exposure at that position and then get the communication down with the rest of the line. But I don't know. I mean, what we're doing right now the last two weeks obviously is not good enough, so we got to try and figure out some type of different alignment than what we've been putting out there. And, like, if it wasn't for Brandon Smith making one of the more unreal catches I've ever seen, we just get skunked on offense. Like, it, aside from big nuts, Austin, Austin said there was a 117-minute time period where the Iowa offense didn't score a touchdown. Keith Duncan was the only player to put points on the board in a game in over three quarters. Like, that's just yep. not good. How, I, I don't know if you're Brian Ferentz, how you don't see that and try something different. I, like, I don't know. It's just extremely know, yeah. frustrating. Another disappointing way to phrase that is Iowa had 27 consecutive offensive possessions between touchdowns. That's miserable. <laughs> that That is horrible. I. That's ridiculous. I like, I, I'm just so frustrated. So, it's... Yeah. I, you I, guys go on. You guys talked about um the just like mind-numbingly horrible uh Stanley Audible into the blitz which was just astounding but I think that there was a play in the game another bad play by Stanley um that cost momentum and could have changed the way that the game went a lot more than that is and that's on like the second and goal play from the five when Brandon Smith had single coverage and he cooked his guy to the inside and Stanley threw the ball way behind him and didn't give him a chance to score the touchdown we put up seven points in that possession at the beginning of the game we can kind of set a tone for the rest of it and that was just a a horribly missed pass that as a third year starting senior you just cannot miss and honestly, I didn't hate the play calling in the first quarter. Like, we didn't, like, against Michigan, we completely abandoned what Iowa football was about, but not in the second, or in the, the first quarter of this game. We tried running the ball. We were pounding it. Uh, one positive note, I think we ended the game with 69 total rushing yards. So props to us there for realizing. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, but if you look at, like, our yards per carry it was still abysmal and if you take out goodson's like 26 or 29 yard run we average like 1.3 yards per carry for the game which is just i don't understand iowa is supposed to be built on running the ball and passing it off of that and i mean defenses don't even it's pathetic we can't set up our pass game with like the play action or anything because our run game is so pathetically bad against good teams that they don't have to respect that like a play action at all it's just bad right now and like i'm just another thing i'm frustrated with this is the most talented skill position players we've had in a very very long time at iowa and like brandon smith's an nfl caliber wide receiver i don't give a crap who you are or who i'm arguing with about it like he is so good and we are underutilizing him and he's gonna go undrafted and he's it's just not fair to him. We should try getting him the ball at every up. He's not going to go undrafted. I think he'll go undrafted. He'll get signed, obviously. He's only but, a junior. You know. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a junior this season. Mm, okay, so Deuce Hogan's going to light it up with him next year. Deuce Hogan is not going to play for three years. I, people who keep saying that need to, like, revoke and turn on their fan card because they're dumb. Who's going to start? Petrus? Yes. yes. Do you, don't forget, don't sleep on the fact that he was also a four-star recruit coming and out of Deuce college. Hogan and he is not putting up impressive numbers in high school at all. People just love him because he's four stars. And his name. His name is phenomenal. It will be the yes, best name in college. Other than that, 
other than that, no, he's not gonna he's not gonna see the field for like three years, if at all. Yeah, it's slowly roll. Yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely get playing time in his career. I mean, I think Petrus will start next year because he year after and the year after. Yeah, and then Deuce Hogan will start after him. Deuce yes, Hogan will take. Years. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Deuce Hogan will take a red shirt his first year to get comfortable and learn the offense, and then he'll have what two more years to sit behind. Well, I don't know. It's tough to predict out quarterback play that far in advance, but I don't know. I think that we're set up good as far as like incoming talent at quarterback a lot better than we have been in a lot of past seasons when we didn't really know who what we were going to get out of the quarterback position or the recruits that we were bringing in weren't all that highly rated. So, I and know. like the stage was set so perfectly. Like Kinnick wanted to be electric on Saturday night. It really did. They had the O nine team there. They had Brent Greenwood there. Ricky Stanzi said, if you don't love it, leave it during his speech after the first drive of the game. I mean, blood was flowing places for every Hawkeye fan, and they wanted to get loud, but they just couldn't do it because the offense didn't do anything. The the 210 to nothing prediction was way off, by the way, Austin. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes when you take a big swing, you miss. It has a bit outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're going to move on to our confidence meters right now. So we got confidence, Negative 40. Me- confidence meter for Nate Stanley, Brian Ferentz and the offensive line. That, so just basing it off of how confident do you think they can turn it around for the final six games here on the regular season schedule? So let's start with Nate Stanley. Who would want to go first here on a scale of one to 10? Let's call it that six. Like the confidence that he'll be able to turn it around, or the current confidence in him, because those are kind of different rankings for me. Confidence he can turn it around. Ten being the most confident. Um, I don't know. I I think that there's like a seven that he'll turn it around because out outside of playing Wisconsin, our schedule for the rest of the way isn't that difficult anymore. We play a lot of lower level opponents that don't have that great of defenses. And I think that, like, we've seen what Stanley did the last two years. We know that he has the ability. It's just he tends to suck against really good teams. I think (laughs) it's a fact. I mean, let's just look at the tape. Um, So I think that he'll turn it around, except for at Wisconsin, when we're just going to get shit rocked. That's a fact. Can you give Um, us a score prediction there? um, 45-3. to Keep dunking, let's go. Yeah, baby, big nuts. <laughs> this game is quickly turning into the years where we played Ohio State and Michigan, and I I don't think Iowa's going to lose often, but I thought Iowa was going to lose those two games by, like, 50 each. So, I'm not... Wisconsin is, like, the version of what Iowa aspires to be, and it kills me to say that, but it's true. Like... Their offensive line is consistently great. They always have a very good running attack. Their quarterback and receiver play is pretty middling most of the time, and they play a very, very good defense. Like, as much as I hate it to say it as an Iowa fan, but, like, they're the like the best version of what Iowa tries to be, but they do it more consistently than Iowa does. It's hilarious is uh, Wisconsin's quarterbacks are always just straight garbage, like mm-hmm. Uncle Rico, and our quarterbacks are usually pretty solid. So I think it's I just find that funny that 
they can do they literally get every other position and nail it and then mm-hmm. with the quarterback it's like Helen Keller was the recruiting coordinator. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sam, what do you think the confidence level is? Stanley, I I I th- I was going to say 6, 7. I think I'm going to go 7 and a half. I I think he'll be fine. Um I honestly am more concerned about Brian Ferentz. <laughs> All right, we'll save that. And, save that. And the offensive line, so All right, Joey. My confidence in Nate Stanley to turn it around is absolutely zero against any team that shows any sign of competence. He'll he'll still play well in the games that he should play well in uh, against the lesser opponents, and that'll make his stats at the end of the season seem not all that bad. But in any game that resembles anything that matters, my confidence <laughs> in him turning it around is absolutely negative. Uh, all right. Uh, I'd say my confidence is probably about a four that he can turn it around. And that's really saying something. So, yeah. Well, he's going to throw like seven touchdown passes on Saturday. So, uh, I just got a memory on Facebook from a year ago against Indiana where he threw six touchdowns and won the Peyton Manning quarterback of the week. So, that was depressing to see pop up on my screen. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to move along here to Brian Ferentz confidence meter. So, who would like to take this one first? Four. Like a, a soft four, more like a three point three. <laughs> so a three. <laughs> I just, I just, we run the ball when everyone knows we're going to run the ball. We don't play action as much as we should. I, he doesn't use the talent we have in the right areas. He doesn't get his receivers the ball or his athletes the ball in space. He runs Torn Young off tackle, um, like way off tackle. <laughs> we just don't we haven't seen any trickery at all this year nothing but like it's just so vanilla and yeah. like and why and why is oliver martin not getting a chance yes like, i'm serious this time like i don't understand it like the other guys are doing okay yeah but maybe we should get another playmaker on the f- field mm-hmm. nate weeding had a little coming out party and then one of those drives on saturday but like <laughs> when we go four wide or split a tight end out wide get a freaking athlete out there drives me crazy yeah i agree i have zero idea what our plan is with um oliver martin this season besides first yeah really like the whole fan base was like throwing a fucking hissy fit about us you know was he going to be eligible was he not how is the ncaa going to handle it and then we everybody was elated when we found out that he got his waiver immediate eligibility and he sees like four snaps a game maybe i don't get it if that's what the plan was we should have just i don't know if you, you got him you know that he's a weapon you got the immediate eligibility put him out on the field and let him do something don't at that that's like one of the most frustrating parts of the Iowa offense to me this season is we got him and everybody made it such a big point that you know we were we wanted him to be immediately eligible and then we don't do anything with him I don't get it um, but my confidence with Brian to turn it around this year is a solid one and a half I mean we're in the third year of his offensive system it's basically all you know. Most of the starters on offense have only ever known his system. It's third year of a um, offensive new offensive line coach. There shouldn't be any system issues with that. And outside of a couple 
games that he's called, except really outside of the best game that he's ever called, which was the Ohio State game a couple years ago. He hasn't done anything as an offensive coordinator to make me believe that he's going to do a lot with the best offensive talent that I was had, and I can't even remember how many years. We just don't do anything. We it, I, same things that Sam said. Like we misuse our personnel. We don't tr- we don't try anything as far as like trick plays or anything. It just it's the same thing over and over, and it's still not working. And we do it every week, and they just say oh, well, you know, we have to execute better. We have to execute better. Well, you have to play with the players that you have, and if they're not executing well, you need to figure out other ways that you can get the offense to score points than just saying, well, we need to be better at this. And he hasn't shown that he's even willing to try something different, so I don't have any reason to believe that going forward it's going to be any different than what it has been to this point. Yeah, I'm going to put Brian Ferentz at, man, Two and a half. Uh, everything you guys have touched on, I agree with so far. His play calling is not good. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really add anything else to that uh, conversation right there. Just extremely disappointed. And, I mean, I do think he's going to be the next head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes someday, so I would like to see some sort of life from his play calling, you know. But, uh, yeah, Joey. I agree with everything everybody just said, and um, it's kind of off the topic. But while we're at it, I would like—I think we should get out in front of this and say that we are a pro-freedom podcast, and we believe that every uh, human deserves rights. You know. Yeah, because LeBron, yeah. your boy LeBron, really uh, turned the table there, didn't he? That's y'all's goat. Yeah, it is the goat, by the way. Um, listen, listen. He had to say something. He did muff it up a little bit. Honestly, I don't even understand the whole situation, but I just wanted to get out in front of that one. All righty, back to sports. Back to sports. (laughs) He's the GOAT. And now the final uh, confidence meter we got here is the offensive line. Uh, I'll start here. Uh, I actually do have confidence. I'll probably put it at about a seven and a half that they can turn it around because if there's one thing Iowa football has done great over the last 40 years is they develop talent extremely well. And, I mean – a lot of our offensive linemen grow as time goes on. So I think they do have the potential to turn the corner and improve and block for once. Uh, so, yeah, uh, seven and a half for me. Uh, I wish that I could share that confidence, but I, I just don't. And I think that's just because, you know, since Iowa kind of rearranged their coaching staff with Brian being moved to offensive coordinator – and then we brought in the new uh, offensive line coach or whatever, we haven't averaged four yards a carry or better in any of those three seasons. And I can understand, you know, first year, new offensive system, new line coach, some new schemes to learn, even though Iowa basically just has the same running scheme that they've done for the last 40 years. Um, So I I can kind of give them a pass then. But last year and this year, there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to run the ball better than we have. And we just can't. And I understand that we've had some interior line injuries that have kind of made things more difficult. And Alaric Jackson was out for a while, but it's, we're not even running the ball, especially in the last two games to a level that's like playable one and a half yards a carry is not going to win you any games against a quality opponent. And that's what we've been doing. 
So, yeah, when we play the Illinois and the Nebraskas and the Purdue's of the world that have terrible defenses, yeah, I'm sure we'll probably run for about four yards a carry, and that's nice to do. But when it really matters, and if you're Iowa, the goal should be at least playing in the Big Ten Championship every season. That means that you're going to have to win games against tough defenses in Penn State and Wisconsin and every once in a while a, a Michigan or a, an Ohio State. And Iowa has under this offensive system that we've been running for the last three years, we have not shown the ability to run the ball against good teams. And I just don't see, I don't know, I don't have the confidence in us being able to all of a sudden just figure that out in the middle of this season. So I'd say my confidence in the line being able to be good against against good opponents, not against garbage teams because we'll run it against garbage teams, but against high-quality opponents, I give us like, a three to be able to run the ball effectively and have good offensive line play going forward. Sam? Oh. Um, I think we got Purdue and then who do we have? We have a bye again. Northwestern. Purdue, then Northwestern, then a bye. Then Wisconsin. And then our annual loss. And then our bye, I think. <laughs> no, I'm not going to the Northwestern game, so we'll win. We are, though. So, well, yeah. you know, honestly, I think it all comes down to the coaches not being stubborn and playing more who was actually good rather than. Cole Banwart, for example. <laughs> Shout out to Cole if you're a listener. I'm sorry again. Uh, I don't know. We we need our best five on the field. Uh, I have confidence in them. Kirk Ferentz is their coach. So, seven. But if they don't run what well against Northwestern, then I'm literally going to cheer for Iowa State the rest of the year. So. Okay. Get out of here. All right. Sam may, hey, Sam, <laughs> Sam may have just been put on probation. Joey, what do you think? My confidence in the offensive line right now is very low. Um, I've seen way too many people just blow through there as of late. So That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Throwing a hot dog down a hallway. Am yep, I right? Yep. <laughs> all right. So that's all you got, Joe? Yeah, I don't really see. Here's this. There's a thing. This week was another one of those games where I kind of lost it in the second half. Literally all of them. I didn't really see much. of <laughs> No, that's not true. I watched the the entire Michigan game, and I was able to talk about that last week. And Iowa and State. I, and Iowa State. And um, this one, I was doing fine. They didn't really give me a reason to not get silly drunk. So. It was just so anticlimactic. Uh, that game freaking sucked, man. Yeah, like we tried yeah. making it interesting there in the last two minutes, but... I, uh, and thank God again for our defense. I, what, Like, what more can those fellas do, you know? Mm-hmm. I do have one gripe with the defense. And oh, they gave up a touchdown? I'm sorry. No, I don't... I Yeah, they've been playing great all year, but... Like they, uh, Penn State was able to run the ball at will up the middle. Yep, it, and I agree. 
if you noticed, like I did, uh, the two drives that they really, really got their run going was when we had our backup DTs in. I don't think I didn't realize that, but I. It was when Austin Schulte and Davion Nixon were in. Yeah, we were just getting roasted up the middle. And if you've noticed, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan both did a lot of play uh, run pass option against us, and the the quarterback rarely kept it in both games. So they kept getting us pretty good with that uh, that play design. Like to see some improvement there. Not knocking the defense at all. They have played extremely well this season. They ah, kind of sounds like you're knocking the defense. If I have to pick something there, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to pick on the defense for. Bend, but don't break. Yeah, our, the defense is going to keep us in every game. That's why I'm still confident when we go up to Wisconsin, it's not going to be a blowout because the defense. So, and because Wisconsin has a quarterback with it's left-handed that throws right-handed, probably. Yeah, I still can't believe Alex Hornibrook beat us left ear as a horrible left-handed quarterback. Uh, all right, so we're going to move along here. Before we get going, we're going to get an ad from our sponsor. If you're a small business person and have limited resources, contact Brian Myers at Safeguard Eastern Iowa to help you out. Safeguard has all the products you need to help you operate and market your business. The best thing Safeguard is, replay. Oh, wait, the best thing <laughs> is that Safeguard's products and services are priced for small businesses, so it saves you money. Call Brian at 815-535-6840 for more information today. Uh, all right, moving along here. Uh, so there were a ton of recruits for both basketball and football in the house on Saturday night. Did that performance affect undecided recruits? No. I'll take this one. I think here's our spin zone. Here's the only good spin on the game. I think it left plenty of opportunity for the recruits, for the football at least, to see see us suck and think, wow, I could really benefit this team. I think I could do something here. <laughs> Well, that's nice, AKA Joey. Theo Johnson. Yeah, that's the biggest. I think that hurts a lot because what was he deciding? No. I mean, I I can't share paid information on here because it's probably illegal, but it didn't affect Theo Johnson. That's all I'll say. Okay, but I just don't believe that because who were his teams? Michigan, Penn State, and Iowa were among the three of them. Yeah, but look at it this way. Wow. Iowa could really use some tight end help out there. I could probably yeah. come in and play right away. Yeah, but so Iowa, like what I was saying, Iowa has some good tight ends coming in though. Luke, oh Sam, listen to what I'm saying. Have I have I ever let you down? I'm not saying Iowa is going to get Theo Johnson, but they are just in. There is in. Ugh. There is just much. What am I trying to say? They're in it just as much as the other two schools. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Theo Johnson is the number one football recruit in Canada who plays tight end. So he'd fit. Yeah, but Canada, being the number one recruit in Canada is kind of like being the, the best athlete at Colfax Mingo. No one really cares. <laughs> I mean, it matters. It's nice. Or the best know. looking woman at Iowa State game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not many of those. Uh, what do you think, Austin? Kind of like getting on the dean's list at DMAC. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't think that a performance in one game is really going to be at, go a long ways in swaying a recruit one way or another. I think that 
you know, the result of the game was obviously disappointing, but I think the atmosphere at the stadium and, like, all of the lead-up stuff is much more important in the recruiting process and, like, the yeah. relationships that the coaching staff has built with the players. I think that's much more important than the end result of that game. So even though it's disappointing, at the end of the day, I don't think it really holds that much sway on their final decision. Because even though it was disappointing, the atmosphere at Kinnick was great for three quarters of that game. Yes. Um in fact, I remember when Greg Garman, there's a throw one out there for you, four-star running back from Pennsylvania, <laughs> who played at Iowa for a short time, committed to Iowa. His official visit was against, I believe, Ohio State, and we lost. Same with Ray Hamilton, throwback. Also official visit, Penn, or Ohio State, we lost. It's all about the coaches, the relationship with the coaches. And, I mean, the atmosphere was incredible, so... I mean, yeah, I don't. The yeah, winning would have been nice, obviously, but the players aren't thinking. They're looking for where they're comfortable, not for. If it was about winning, everybody would just go to Alabama that had an offer, and they would have three hundred forty commits every year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are we staring down the gun barrel of an eight and four season? Because I don't believe so. But nine and three. I tell you what. You can go ahead and punch that ticket to the Outback Bowl right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can't go there again, actually. Really? Yeah. Not, really we've been there. there. I'm pretty sure we've been there the last 17 consecutive seasons outside of 2015. Um, but even then, we went there, plane landed there, and they were like, oh, wait, we're at the wrong place. Oh, sh- oh shit, we took Iowa to the wrong stadium. Yeah. I, 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 have <laughs> a, I have a bone to pick with the Outback Bowl. How come we are always Team Coconut Shrimp? Yeah, that, seriously. That blows. And the team in the South is always onion, blooming onion. Are you kidding me? That like, that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, the blooming onion is the far superior edition. I'm tweeting at them right now. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, it, it's just unreal. It like it's uncanny. Joey and Austin, what was it, two three years ago, had a sign hanging up in their apartment from the Outback Bowl, and it said Team Peanut Shrimp, but they covered up the P, and so it said oh, Team hey. Nut Shrimp. Okay, so coconut just shrimp. so you know, it's not peanut oh, shrimp, coconut. it's coconut shrimp. Sorry, sorry. I'm Still. G- I'm going to come in with a hot take here. Yeah, I, I knew it. Yeah, shrimp. I knew that was fucking coming. I God knew you were saying that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm not, I, I'm not a, I don't go with the crowd. I go with my own opinion. It's a terrible opinion. Yeah, a, a, guys... bloomin onion, a bloomin' onion is just a glorified onion ring. No. That's what it is. Have it you, is. Have you had one? Yes. It's an onion that they chop so you can pull it apart and then dip it in some type of ranch thing. It's a glorified onion ring. Uh, 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 what? Whatever. Do you guys <laughs> true. They're sending. They're sending Nebraska and Illinois to play in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. wild. There were, there were some pretty funny takes on that. Yes. Ugh. As if. As if the, the rest of about college football. Yeah. Yeah. As if the rest of the world didn't hate the United States enough the way it was. We're like. Hey guys, for your first or for this college foot, the one college football game we'll give you a season. We'll throw two absolute bottom feeders from the Big Ten, so you can hate us just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they asked other teams, and they were all just like, "No." Why would we want to do that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. With any with any luck. Uh, both of those teams, like the entirety of the teams, will all lose their passports when they're over there, and they'll just be stuck in Ireland forever, and then we won't have to worry about those two just garbage that's, teams that being in the Big so Ten. Much, 
nicer than what I was trying to think of to say, but I'm really glad I just held back and didn't say anything. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Uh, Wait, did yours did yours involve uh, plane issues? Perhaps I'm not going to comment about <laughs> any specific ocean or anything. <laughs> yeah, but or the show Lost. Ooh, there we go. That's a waste of a show. Okay, hot take. What <laughs> did you th- watch the whole thing? Yeah, I think I might have missed like the last season, but okay. Well, that that's the problem. Watch the last season and come back to me with this because it's did, horrible. Did you guys watch El Camino? No, I never watched Breaking Bad. Me so, uh, what? Oh, what? Yeah, sorry. What do you guys do with your free time? I don't, uh, just watch this, other shows. This is what I do with my free time. Please watch. Can I jump Breaking into a, a something? Just hit me. Can I jump into a real quick rightful rant? I just yeah. just came to me while we're having this random conversation. All right, go. Yeah. Okay. Um. People get, like, it irritates me how irrational fans are about how, like, when a show ends. Because, like, let's take Game of Thrones as a good example. They had, like, two years for the final season to happen. And everybody just sat there and fantasized about all these crazy endings that were never going to happen. But they're like, oh, but it could, and all this yada yada. And then when it didn't happen exactly like people want it to, they get so pissed off. And they, like, try and cancel. And they're like, oh, why wasn't this better? And it could have been so much better. And I had all these better ideas. And, like, people forget that it's tough to end a show, like, really perfect. But don't then they just like trash the show like it was never good in the first place like luke you were saying that lost is a bad show because the ending was not the way that you thought that it should have been or could have been no, better i'm not and like oh the whole show is not very good but like for however many seasons they were great the ending just might not have been great and then people talk about how it was not good because of that one thing and it irritates me I'm it's not, probably they probably do that on purpose because now it's like they're like, yep, they're still talking about the ending of our show i'm not <laughs> blaming it i'm not blaming the ending of lost on the whole show kind of being a drag. It just 50 minute episodes and like there was Oh a, man, it took years off your our lives. Yeah, there was a ton of <laughs> unexplained shit that they never like I went through puberty during Lost. Yeah, like <laughs> that it, was That show was so long. I think I watched only like 3 or 4 seasons and it took like 2 years. Imagine people but, who haven't started The Walking Dead yet, they're going to eventually watch that. Like How is like, that show still on TV? I have no idea. Who also, watches that still? Game of Thrones. Nobody. I don't think that the, the last season just sucked. Like I don't think I was fantasizing about what I wanted to happen. It just it just wasn't very good. Oh, no, so. I agreed. The ending to Game of Thrones was not very good. But everybody like they had like we waited two years for it, and then everybody came up with all these crazy scenarios. And they're like, well, this might happen, and this might happen, and then none of it happened because most of it was just like crazy, wild bullshit that was never going to happen. And then it didn't, and they're like, oh, well, that sucked. But yeah, I don't know. We got way off topic there. Sounds, How did that even sounds start? like sounds like all these shows are just following the old overpromise underdeliver rule. Always. Can we uh, can we uh, uh, hurry this thing up? Because again, Fortnite new season. So oh, oh God, you loser. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. So uh, we done talking about football now. Want to move along here? Um. Three. Nebraska lost last week, so okay. that's funny. Oh, thank you, Austin. Thank- we're gonna sneak. Holy <laughs> lose! They got stomped. <laughs> All right, we're gonna sneak in another ad from our spot. One of our sponsors here, Demer Oil, based out of Dubuque County, got locations in Worthington, Monticello, Holy Cross. It's officially cold outside, uh, so you're gonna want to fill your LP tanks for the winter months coming up. Keep your house nice we and warm. Uh, visit vi- visit their website 
DemmerOilInc.com or call them at 1-800-433-3835. Ask for Steve or Toby Demmer, and they'll hook you up real good with it. Uh, That's 1-800-433-3835. So we do have a little basketball talk, boys. All right. So uh, Big Ten Media Days were held last week, uh, and I think there's a ton of mixed feelings about where the basketball team is going to be sitting for this season. what, just what do you guys think? Joe Toussaint is ripped. Okay. Dude, and seriously, for a freshman? Like, yeah. daddy likey. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my my big takeaways were Joe Toussaint is ripped. Uh, Creener's hair hasn't changed. <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about J-Bo's beard. I think it doesn't match his, his body. Ooh, I'm too, too thick or something. That's a I'm a big fan of the beard. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, if he plays, he's literally gonna drop 35 a game. So yeah, mm. he looks so good with that beard. He it looks like he's kind of gotten a little more built. So, which is nice. Hopefully, he can get on the field, the floor. <laughs> yeah, we could use him in offensive. Yeah, line. we really yeah, could. We could use him on the <laughs> offensive line. No, we could use him on the court, and we would have unreal depth at point guard. At at that time, which Iowa never really has, so that'd be refreshing. Uh, Garza and Wieskamp, both are going to make all Big Ten teams this year. I'm very confident about that. Uh, we're an NIT team at best, I'll say right now. Oh, give me a break. Wrong. NIT, look, yeah. saying that we're an NIT team at best, that's saying we're going to go like five games under 500 for the season. Like that's even at best for the NIT. Even without like at best, I think you you would should probably say on the bubble if you're going to well, say NIT. This is again. well, this is without Bohannon. Can I add? Well, we get Toussaint, who is a much better point guard than Bohannon, and we get Bakari Evelyn, who people seem to forget about, who is like a fifth year player who's got all kinds of like experience at the Division One level, and then we have very very polished big men. And then we have the best shooting guard in the country, in Joe Wieskamp. Breezy. Yeah. Did you, you guys see that video of the team running suicides at, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago? Dude, I, really watched, I could watch them, like, yeah. vomiting in the toilet. I just watch everything. Basketball yeah, and, and related. But it was funny because Bakari Evelyn was, like, way out ahead of everybody. He was, like, considerably faster than everybody else that was running. <laughs> I... <laughs> yep he he is he was it was an unreal video but my one concern with that is every transfer i was gotten in aside from utah hasn't really hit trey dickerson dale jones just to name a couple so well dale jones tore like his acl 17 times (laughs) yeah yeah trey dickerson was on twitter more than he was on the basketball course that was probably a red flag uh he used to snapchat me i snapchatted him what? Did you guys send yeah. uh, picks back and forth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no comment? If, if, is, that the three, is that the only three transfers we got? One for three? Dickerson wasn't proven. Dale Jones wasn't really proven. Evelyn is proven. So, yeah, I, remember, if I believe I was there for Dale Jones Senior Day, and he came out and just absolutely boned his first three, and the crowd <laughs> went fucking wild. Yeah, it was, was incredible. Dude, Dale Jones could stroke it. He just like, was so immobile. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of electric three-pointers that don't really matter, last year in one of the preseason games, or the non-conference games I went to, 
uh, Michael Bear got on the floor, and we were killing. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, like Savannah State or something, and he splashes a three from the corner. You swear to God, he just hit a three to send us to the final four. Like, <laughs> it was so electric in there. Oh, man, I'm ready for basketball. Uh, all he also- five fans were just on their feet going <laughs> yeah. crazy. I, it might have been it might have been the same game though that he left the shortest free throw I've seen in my entire life. He <laughs> airballed by about a foot. It was bad. Yeah, I think it was that game. Uh but if Bohannon plays, I think we'll be like a low end tournament team. But, what? Sorry. If Bohannon plays were low end turn what are you smoking? Would anybody like to bet me? Remember all like, the tweets that Tyler Cook. We were better when Tyler Cook wasn't on the floor. Don't you remember all those tweets? <laughs> no. I don't think. Yeah, you're, I'd you're say underestimating how much of having a, a guy who can get to the lane whenever he wants is going to help Ooh, us. That's what I like about Tucson. I heard him say at Iowa Media Day the other day that he like he he look or he enjoys getting to the hoop. Which bring it on, my man! Get to the hoop as much as you want if you can do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like in. Him and Garza, I'm never, uh, uh, when they first started playing together, he said they had immediate chemistry. That is, oh boy. All right, you I'm got me you. talked into it. Five seed at most. I'm done. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're a, we're a lock for a, a regional uh, home home game. <laughs> we'll we'll be there. We'll be there, and we'll do a podcast live during it if we get a regional yeah. home game. Um. What do you guys think of the new jerseys that they're debuting this season? I thought they Sick. were cool at first, and then I like, and then I thought we were Wichita State. I really like the tops. I don't like that yellow portion on the bottoms very much. I think I don't know. It's like a throwback. I, I like the tops. Yeah, the, I like the tops a lot because they're kind of throwback. I don't like the bottoms very much. And. The women's basketball team has script writing on their jerseys, which I would love to bring back those old ones, the yellow jerseys with the like cursive writing on it. Oof. Those not, move a, the not a huge fan. Oh, Joey. I know that Joey what? wouldn't like this very much as he's a uh, a Golden State hater, but I think it would be cool if we got some alternate jerseys that just said the city in like script writing. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's copyright. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. It'd be cool though. I'd like. So, it. Why are you a Warriors hater? Well, who isn't? I'm not really. I just don't. Yeah. First of all, let's get that out of the way. Who is not? <laughs> Me. And Steph Curry secondly, secondly, how are you a Warriors fan? That should be the real question. Because Steph Curry. So you are a bandwagon. No. I. Uh, in 2009, you guys were like 12 years old. Well, in 2008. Steph Curry don't believe a, this. a run in the NCAA tournament, and I fell in love. Just like I fell in love with Jimmer, but then he kind of sucked in the NBA. So, yeah. yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap up the show here. You guys got anything else you want to say? Nebraska lost. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty great. Uh, also, um, if, if we're here to throw shade, the Yankees lost as well. So, and the Cardinals are about to get. Split. Yeah. They were down 7 nothing in the first inning. That's great. Oof. Mm. All right. Um, wait, I got one more thing. Okay. If we have any listeners in the Chicago area, me, Luke, and Joey will be at the Northwestern game in two weeks. So stop by and tailgate with us, and maybe you'll get some uh, merchandise. You don't know. you got to show up to find out. Yep, and you might be on the show if you're lucky enough. So fingers crossed there. 
Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of wait, the Hop- Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Urban Dictionary. We're missing a segment. Oh, Urban Dictionary yeah. read. Okay, go. Three, two, God. Joey, go. Okay, Um, we got the Urban Dictionary coming up here. First, I got to let you know that uh, Space Cowboy was highly intoxicated. He gave this game the old Joey Myers treatment. He did not remember a lick of it, so he was not able to send any thoughts. But anyway, so we got Purdue here on Urban Dictionary. Purdue, a word that can be used to replace the word boring in any sentence. But may I warn you that the use of this word may make you or other people in the area fall asleep. <laughs> um, Purdue, university, university in Indiana where all the dorks and ugly kids go because they don't have any friends. <laughs> kids with friends go to other schools like Indiana University. Also, Purdue is known for veterinary medicine, unlike IU, which has the medical school. And the really smart students go... And the really smart students get to take care of humans instead of Fido. <laughs> Purdue, a university located in Indiana where sheep get nervous anytime they happen to win a big game. Sheep number one, I just heard Purdue defeated Ohio State. Sheep number two, great, we'll be getting railed the rest of the day by, by the Purdue faithful. Sheep number one, at least they don't win often. <laughs> and then, last but not least, I looked up Boilermaker. Boilermaker, when you bang uglies with a sketchy partner who you may question to have something and quickly jump into a boiling hot shower to spread your nuts or labia, much like the bat wing, and scorch them with extremely hot water and copious amounts of soap or bleach to try to prevent the possibility of an STD. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much. Uh, You got it. Yeah, so I was going to win this game this weekend. I'll go out and say that uh, the Hawks are currently 4-2. Let's just get back on. Let's win some games. Get some blood flowing again. Get t- people excited about the team once again. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. Uh, f- subscribe to the show on iTunes and Podbean. Just search Hawkeye Tailgate Report there. Follow us all on Twitter. The show is at go underscore Hawks Iowa. My Twitter is at Myers underscore Luke. Joey's is Joe Mama 2196. Austin Myers is Myers Austin. And Sam Middleton's is at S-A-M-M-M-I-D-D. Thanks for listening, everybody, and go Hawks.